This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate- some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Fuck. It's Tuesday, which means this is this week, this former week, last week, 
in Bachelor Nation. We still don't know what to call it. It's always going to bother me. I'm still calling it Twixt Twixt Weeks in Bathler bath, <laughs> Bathler Bachelor Nation. I'm the Bathler. I take multiple baths <laughs> per day. When I was the Bathler, <laughs> I still am. I've never not been the Bathler my entire life. I've been the Bathler. All right, <laughs> we have to uh, <laughs> we have to start today's show with some information right now. Uh, if you're in the pit with us at patreon.com slash game of roses, there is a special discount code there that is going to give you 10% off our 2023 mm-hmm. gornament to hang on your tree or however you adorn your living space for the holiday season. This gornament is a circular glass gornament that has our logo on it in the year 2023. And again, you get $10 off and it and it is you have to go on the Patreon first. Someone commented in the Patreon on this episode was like my interpretation of it trying to go both ways was like girl math. <laughs> fair. Fair. <laughs> Which was funny. Yes. Uh I didn't do the math right. But yes, it is ten dollars. You join mm. the Patreon, patreon.com slash game of roses, and you get this code and you get ten dollars off. Technically, you don't have to spend it on the gornament. You can get it. Oh. You can use it on anything. I'm pretty sure. Look, this is more girl math. I don't guarantee it. Look, we don't know how this works. Okay? We know this. <sighs> Look, if you're on our Patreon, you get $10 off something somewhere, at least the gornament. But check it out. Look, it's a good deal. That's all you got to know. Yeah. <laughs> this is the, the bottom line is this. The code for $10 <laughs> off, whether it's just the mm-hmm. gornament or many products, is worth the... $10 a month subscription fee to Patreon. It basically gives you a free month of Patreon if you want to go and buy something from our store too. Yeah. That's how it works. It's basically like our guarantee that we think you're going to like it. Yeah. Very much. It's a test. You can test out the Patreon. Hang a gornament to remind you of this wonderful year where we manifested a really great bachelorette season and a literal perfect golden bachelor season. I think that's a pretty magical gore year. Almost, almost perfect. It's had a few hiccups. Uh, But yes, check all that out. Keeping it real, Clues. I always keep it real. Baffler keeps it real. You know this about the Baffler. Now, we have something else to mention here. This is big. The email heard round the nation. We have talked about the Sauce Wars on this program from time to time. We even coined that term. Mm-hmm. The Sauce Wars are... Uh, what it, does it mean? It refers to the struggle between players who want to tell the truth about their experience in our beloved game or any reality TV show at this point. And it's a struggle between them and the producers of those shows to lock down the narratives of what has happened in the show uh, and make it so that players cannot tell the truth, especially where nefarious acts have been done. And why is it called sauce? Oh, my God. We got to go this deep into it. Because Grocery, a.k.a. Grocery Store Joe, a.k.a. Joe Amabile, sells sauce. And he used to be the host of Clickbait, which was one of the biggest company podcasts ever in the history of the fucking game, now defunct. But he now and his wife, Serena, a.k.a. Serena Pitt, are... The hosts of the only official Bachelor Nation podcast, Bachelor Happy Hour, where they are slinging the sauce, a.k.a. telling the lies of the producers. That's why it's called Sauce Wars. And you can buy a sauce from him. And he has Sundays with Joe tomato sauce. Sauce essentially is a, a metaphor for the lies told by the producers and the, uh, the various entities that control these shows and these reality worlds. So this week, an email was sent out that has reignited the sauce wars in a way I have never seen before. 
This is an email from... This is like Paul Revere. Yes. It's an email from the legal team representing the producers, the networks, etc. sent to every player from Bachelor in Paradise Season 9. We're going to be getting into that in our news segment, so stick around for that because it's crazy. Uh, then mm-hmm. we also must discuss, we're going to start the show like we started every week with a state of the game. We have two incredibly important guests that we are going to be talking to in today's state of the game. We hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Game, game of, of Roses. Roses. State of the game. We are humbled and honored to be joined by two titans of reality TV commentary, Matt Moore and Jake Anthony, a.k.a. Maddie and Poodle from Reality Gaze, formerly 90 Day Gaze. Thank you so much for being here with us. We're so honored. Thank you. I, I, I feel like I've just caught a Welcome. big bouquet of, of roses. <laughs> I, yeah, I've never been called a titan. It makes me feel like a top. Uh, I enjoy no, it. No, not that. <laughs> never. Uh, I just, before we go on, I was listening to you guys earlier, and I have to say, the theme song of you guys' show, where you're like, Game of Rose, I've been singing it. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Yeah, we recorded that on like uh, night two of ever trying to do a podcast. <laughs> and that's what mm-hmm. I love about it. Yeah. Um, it's it reminds me of our non-existent selling sunset theme that basically just goes, I'm a bad bitch. I'm going to walk in the house and sell houses. I'm a bitch. I, the sun's out and I'm going to do what I want to. I'm going to do me. And it's just <laughs> like we just make fun of all those bad rights free yeah. pieces of music that are on that show. Yeah, soon enough we'll yeah, we'll have a new one. Their theme song is more of a vibe. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like women crawling through doggy doors. Yeah. Now, <laughs> uh, speaking of vibes, you guys obviously cover ninety day every aspect of it, even when they're running six shows simultaneously. But we are here today to talk about Golden Bachelor. And Bachelor franchise has obviously been known to run six shows simultaneously as well. They're running two simultaneously right now. But uh, how? Like, are you guys huge Bachelor fans, or is this kind of one of the first ones you're really paying attention to? This is this is the first, definitely the first um, iteration that we've covered on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I know Matt has like talked on. He was like, "Were you a correspondent for a like a local TV channel?" It sounds like I, you're like a color announcer was, for something. It was. <laughs> it was a, an, a, an ABC affiliate in Portland, and they basically oh. the host. I used, went up there for other stuff, but the host was like, "Do you watch The Bachelor?" I was like, "I tried to watch it a long time ago, but I haven't." And she's like, "Well, do you want to come and cover The Bachelor?" He was like the official the gay of the station, and he just so, showed yes, up I was just in like, like a pocket a, square. A they were like, yeah. "You seem like the person for <laughs> the only person we could really ask." <laughs> now, perform, perform, Queen. So, yeah. in the last few seasons. I am. I haven't had time to watch it, but the the only reason I want to watch Bachelor in Paradise this this season, and I don't know what happens. It's okay if you spoil it. I just have been. We've had too much of their shit to watch it. I am so in love with Avon, and Rachel is such an idiot. And I, he's now blocked me from Instagram because I message him too much with too many heart <laughs> emojis. Um, it's like the pro- so, it's the, it's the problem in all your it. relationships. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure he'll block me soon, though. Not yet, but I'm it's a badge sure it's of honor. soon. I, I love that man so much, and I I screamed at my television. Screamed. Mm-hmm. I. How did you feel about when they set him up to 
ask Rachel out in front of Tino at the after the final rose. Did you watch that part? I I don't think that was fair to him. He's already mm-hmm. gone through enough heartache. Yeah. He's so pretty. <laughs> Let him just be happy. And I know I'm probably going to eat these words because he's probably terrible on Bachelor in Paradise because every man I'm attracted to ends up being either a con man or a murderer. Seriously, I'm not kidding. There's like here, two here, of my I've, favorite porn, porn actors are now it. in jail. Yeah. You have for murder? Yeah, uh, for murder. Okay. Yes. Some financial crimes, but um, mostly murder. Whoa. That's, that's um, a crazy track record. Uh, so it, 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 I do want to watch Bachelor in Paradise. It, does he make a good showing or is he an asshole? At the point we're at now, he's kind of phased he's out. He's getting largely oh. eliminated. He's but not really in the edit. No screen time. These women are stupid. Look at his lips and his beautiful eyes. I just find him, I found him just a little neutered, just on the, mm. the show in general. I, I, I just, anyway. I think the show tends to yeah. give that edit to all of the men. Anybody yeah. who gets involved in what we call an all-egg situation where both players commit to one another for the duration of paradise. They're not going to go on other dates, even if that opportunity rises. Generally speaking, the producers will edit them out of the show because that's not an interesting, dramatic uh, <laughs> narrative for them. Uh, unless they can get like a love triangle going or something like that, you're just not going to get screen time, which is what has happened to him because he has all-eggsed uh, Kylie at this point. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if this would make your attraction stronger or weaker, but he is in an internet fight with one of the one, night one players, Olivia, right now, and he's calling her a night one and saying no one wants to hear from you. Oh no, uh, oh. on Twitter. Oh, he's so he's just as so he's just as venal and small as the rest of them. There you of go. Of course, add a boy, Maddie. You can pick uh, up. <laughs> sadly, I'm uh, sadly now I'm aroused more. Um, <laughs> I, I was gonna say I don't know which way it yeah. would really go. Yeah. Um, Did you watch this season of Love Is Blind? Oh my God! We just yes. we, we we cover it on our show. Yeah. Um, this season five of Love Is Blind was perhaps one of it. This this could have been a, this could have been the subject of of like a, a a dissertation on why reality TV that has become the goal, the end of the being on reality TV is destructive. <laughs> and but this- it's not, I mean, we, we covered this season like uh, very heavily, shall I say, on our show. Yeah. And the thing that is most interesting about it, in my opinion, is the producers who work at Kinetic Content, Chris Colan being the primary one, the guy who created yeah. all these shows and is the CEO of Kinetic. I love it. You're like Poodle. You know who all these yeah, people yeah, yeah. are. And I just show up with an iced tea. That's, that's exactly what you do. And we love you for it. <laughs> anyway, continue. I'm Chris, intrigued by Chris this. Colin, Chris Colan, who in, who, in who in every interview... I guess that makes me a mad... You, you are. <laughs> in every... In every interview, talks like he has like solved like used the Higgs boson particle yes. to 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 create the 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 best reality content, and he's curing cancer with it. Yes, I that is what it feels like for most of his interviews, and he also just kind of openly denies any claims that any of these players have made from the season that they were treated wrongly in any way. He's now facing not just him, but kinetic content and Netflix in some cases are facing two very significant lawsuits. One from players on season five for sexual assault and wrongful imprisonment. 
a player has has put that lawsuit forward. And as a result, they eliminated that player who did get engaged from the entire show. You'd never see that player Renee. or the person shoot. No, it's a different player. Renee Pochet and what? Carter are in the season, but they reduced them to what they called uh, the pod squad. But she and that yeah. guy Carter also got engaged, went all the way to the altar, and they reduced their time on screen down because of the lawsuit from this other player whose name I now forget. But... um. That season, after coming off the high of season four, which I think was the best season they've done. Oh, the best one yet. Best one yet. It it was just a disaster season five. Do you both have a theory for how Lydia got on the show? Oh, well. Did she follow Uche? If I put on my tinfoil hat um, and be the drag queen character that I enjoy called Tinfoil Hattie. um, (laughs) Sing her theme song. If you're going to do it, sing her theme song. Okay, fine. The grassy knoll <laughs> or chemtrails. Oh, what else do you know? It's tinfoil Hattie. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Should we put that at the beginning of our show instead? We love a homegrown there, song. There's, 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 there's another thing. There's another verse about the moon landing and that birds aren't real um, yeah. as well. But no, I... I really do believe that she, first of all, she, she claims that she went on to, I think she, this is, this is, this is not someone who sees life as a normal experience. She sees life as a game to win and hurt people who have hurt her. I think Lydia is a very dangerous person and I would not want to be on her bad side uh, I don't want to call her the the crazy word because I think that is that is that's feels reductive. Sim- it, it it feels reductive and it's too simple for what she is. Mm. Um, she is extremely dangerous person. She went on that show both to humiliate Uche and to almost find a way to make it to where she could be holding all the cards. Mm-hmm. When she found out he was going to go on, and interesting that that she, scene with her, that scene with her, Lydia, like holding Aaliyah, like she was heaving and sobbing, and like holding like she, like she was a baby. It's chilling. Yes, it was absolutely chilling. I think she knew, and I think what what is mm. what is cra- what is crazy about the whole thing, and kind of unnerving. She won. She got what she wanted, and she beat everyone, and she won. The villain won. They're yes. not going to be. I'll say this yeah. now: they will not. Lydia and Milton will 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 announce their separation after after the altar uh, comes out. I'm you saying think? it now. Mm-hmm. I think they'll go longer than that, but not long. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that 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 reunion was mm-hmm. one of the biggest PR whitewashes that I've ever seen. Absolutely. Bes- besides the fact that Izzy was coked out of his mind um, <laughs> and, had, and had lost about 30 pounds. Um, besides that, and, yeah. but they were, they, no, no one could ask Lydia and Milton that they actually were living different places now, and mm. which, is, which is real. And that, oh yeah, my, par- mm. my parents, Milton's parents love her now. Yeah. That you never see them. Yeah, I'm sure that mom just rolled and sister <laughs> rolled right over. But they also were like accepting this from Lydia, what I perceive to be a weak answer that kind of dodged the whole question about how she got on the show in the first place. If it was following Uche in, 
that leads us down a path of a couple other questions that nobody was really asking, which is, are you in it for love at all? Or are you just here to fuck with things? To me, that's like, if you're 4TRR, as we call for the right reasons or for the wrong reasons, 4TRR, 4TWR, I don't really care. Everybody's a, a mix of that, you know? Do you talk about this stuff like it's sports, Chad? I love it. It is to me. <laughs> this is such a queer topic in such a straight space, and I am kind of have a hard-on right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... <laughs> All right. Beautiful. Let's see if I can keep it going. Um, so <laughs> what I was going to ask is, if she does follow Uche into this game, uh, because she knows he's going to come on. She maintains that it was like, well, we both saw the casting thing and we had a five-second conversation about it, but I think it was probably more than that. But if she follows him in, does she come in based on her own merit, telling the producers nothing about the fact that she dated Uche, or does she actually use that as incentive with the producers to cast her? Does she come in and tell the producers immediately, I dated this guy, he's also trying to get on this show, put us both on, it'll be crazy. Does she say that? And that takes us down a scary road. Yes. Um, and Because I want to say no, but I don't know. I want to say no because they're going to go plausible deniability to the end with this. Of course. Uh, Chris Colin is like uh, Ed Harris in The Truman Show. He's like, mm -hmm. calling, like calling for the rain and all kinds of shit. Yeah. And, and I'm... I'm certain he would like to keep this as pure as it possibly can be. Of course. Because, and you you knew it because the producers knew they were being called into question because Vanessa and Nick, who are producers, <laughs> kept saying, what do you think? Should producers have stopped this? Or, yeah. And, and the fact that they didn't get a call, the fact that, that, that Vanessa and Nick probably didn't get a call about this, that, that they're trying to stay blameless, the thing about it is that that's what they were trying to shift all the blame there. And that's why I kind of went, oh, they don't care about this. They, of course. They, they don't care about the purity of the experiment. But in a way, maybe it did all work out because Aaliyah needs to be protected at all costs because I love her. And had it not been for Lydia, <laughs> she would have dated, she would have got engaged to Uche and that horrible horrible monster who yeah. makes me not feel safe. Mm -hmm. She would have made, he would have made her life hell for like, she is the perfect victim for him. But this also goes to the next question of what are they doing on this show and casting? You know, uh, kind of what yeah. you were uh, talking about a little bit, you know, with is this pure, is the experiment pure? Do they care about love? The answer is always no. None of these shows, none of these producers <laughs> care about the people on the shows at all. They want to drive them to... Love is dead. Nervous breakdowns, I think, as quickly as possible. That's the whole goal of being a producer on any of these shows. But the idea now, I think, with season five has been firmly put in place that they will do anything to destroy these people. And that's the goal of the show. I think season five was such a fucking disaster. It it blew apart the notion that any of this could be about helping people find love. Totally, mm. totally agree with you. Yeah. But they're going to look you straight in the eye and still ask every contestant. So is love blind? And they're going to like, like an automaton say, yes, love is blind. Give me my money. I agree, though. Yep. I think I think they're going to double down on the sincerity of the show next mm. season. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be like we're being spoon fed sugar, which could either make we're going to have a plant couple. It yes! could really make it either could go make us 
kind of all get very romantic and like <clears throat> lean it because poodle is a cynic or jake is a cynic and will bitch but he also will get invested and start crying in the oh my god show. i <laughs> i get so i'm both such a conspiracy theorist and hater of all things like mushy but i get so like zach and bliss got me mm. in such a way because wow. zach who has I had know. so many problems in his life and was it the song? That song was terrible. Uh, but there's something about him that is so weirdly authentic. You can't mm. look away. And we all know those corny guys who you'd never really want to fuck them. But you, <laughs> there's something about them that you're like, you're really you. I really respect that. Sure. <laughs> Bless your heart. Exactly. You're so brave. I don't know if I would consider myself cynical. I, I feel like I'm more of just kind of an objective realist when it comes to all this mm. stuff and always look at it from the perspective of like, what is this network trying to do? It's a billion dollar corporate greed machine. All they give a fuck about is ratings and eyeballs. They don't care about the, the well-being of anybody on the show, on, on any of these shows. Yeah, I would say that's cynical. Yeah. That's not cynical, though. That is how it is. Um, that is how it is. But that I think they are convinced that they care about. Oh, but the producers care about the people on the show. They've are all you... drank the Kool Aid. They're like they're <laughs> no. my friends. They don't. Let me just say, uh, from information I cannot divulge, the producers don't give a fuck about any of these people. <laughs> at least in the Bachelor franchise. Um, you know, maybe Love Is Blind is different. It's not, but I'll say I, maybe it is. I wonder if they still didn't care for the Golden Bachelor. No, that's mm. the first one where they did. That's the first one where wow. I don't know if they care about the the players or the lead. I don't know if they care about them as people, but they care about at least representing the image of that, that the mm. producers like when you watch a standard season of Bachelor Bachelorette, it's very clear the producers hate some of these these people very. and are trying to <laughs> do uh, certain things to them, certain manipulations to them that are like retribution for potential like the players mm -hmm. not doing what we want them to do. Fuck them. We're going to oh, yeah. send them out on this one on one date and make sure they get in a fucking, you know, hit in the head with a pugil stick or whatever. We're going to have everyone on Bachelor in Paradise talk about how Colton Underwood is a bad kisser for no reason. Okay. That kind of stuff. I think I think Colton's face was on a dartboard in that they hated him. <laughs> well, they knew mm -hmm. supposedly that he was closeted when he was cast as The Bachelor, and they, they wow. cast him specifically for that. Wait, how do you know that? I can't divulge these things. But that's been said <sighs> on a bunch of podcasts by people that were on that season, people who are like kind of in the upper echelons. Chad isn't the only one sucking dicks for information. <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do, sugar. That's right. I can't tell you I have the, this information, but trust me, honey, honey, it ain't it ain't cheating if I'm getting research. <laughs> Remember when he did That's that right. awful reality show about coming out? Did you ever anybody watch it? I watched the first two or three episodes. Yeah, it was the most self-righteous, awful thing you've ever seen. And it I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it either. Oh, I, I you could I could literally feel yeah. my skin crawl. He's just the ickiest. Yeah. Yo, they despise him. He now has a production company and he's making more documentaries about of course. all kinds of stuff. But a lot of it is about uh, a lot of the projects he's working on. Other gay white men. There are some of those projects <laughs> in his pipeline for sure. But a lot of them are also about like what it is like to be kind of a celebrity and what reality TV is, how it like affects you as a person and all this, you know, relatable content to most of America. But um, Groundbreaking. 
<laughs> good for him. No, for I it. think Golden Bachelor though, they're <laughs> the producers of that show are very aware of the fact that they can't make it seem like they can't even give you an inclination that producers are no. being malicious towards these players in any way. Cause these are like 70 year old women. They can't have them playing tackle football uh-huh. and shit for our entertainment, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. that brings me to this question. What do you guys think of golden bachelor? They, they did beat the shit out of him. Oh, <laughs> uh. we, we love it. Um, I've been, I watched this. I watched the original bachelor starting like, like we're, we're talking like bachelor Alex. Like I go way, way March back. March 25th, 2002. Thank you. Um, I was tuning in. I, I was still, uh, I think I was in sixth grade then, fifth grade. Shut up. You're 18 <laughs> months younger than me. Uh, you, were just, you were just in a Kimmy Schmidt bunker at the time. And so, but no, I watched, I watched Aaron Berge, Andrew Firestone. Reli- th- those three seasons, I watched every single episode. And so did a lot of America. Um, yeah. And then I kind of, I kind of, I watched Trista's season as well, mm-hmm. and I kind of went off the rails. And I, I've been back for several. I, for some reason, I was at, I watched Ari's season. That was a, that was a rough season. Um, fantastic. And then, well, you you really understand what why a man like Ari was born to be a salesman, not mm-hmm. a race car driver. And uh, God, he was perfect. He was perfect for that show. Uh, they just didn't know they cast a villain. <laughs> they 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 thought they thought they had a hero. Well, I think they might have. I mean, you talk about a dissertation. I wrote one last year about kind of the history of The Bachelor and how the villain uh, Bachelor oh. became a thing starting in season 18 back in 2014. And it kind of started to culminate really at its height with an Ari Leyendyke where they position him as the ultimate villain who wrongs his first choice for wife to take up uh, a home and family with his second choice for wife. But that season really was kind of the um, the pinnacle also of the yes. influencer coming out of The Bachelor. It's when like Instagram was really super commingled with it. Now we're starting to see that dissipate. I mean, his daughter, Alessi, has the largest following of any of the oh, Bachelor wow. kids. 350K. Wow. Alessi had 50,000 uh, as a fetus. <laughs> thousands and thousands of followers pre-birth. Yeah, but uh, we're starting to see that kind of diminish now. At any rate. You know, a piece of research I really appreciated that you guys did in your hometown's episode of Golden was the specific distance between <laughs> Gary's hometown and the other hometowns, as well as which freeways you take for if Gary were to go visit their <laughs> grandkids and stuff. Really appreciate that. You know, Chad does research, so do I. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I love super detailed shit that only we care about. Well, we brought it brought it up because we've enjoyed Golden Bachelor, but now after they went to hometowns, it kind of popped the bubble in a little bit. From yeah. I think in mm. the way of oh, this is different than two twenty four year olds who've been on a fuck trip in a Winnebago and are just going around the country. These people have lives. They have yeah. homes. They have community horses. Dead they have, horses. They have dead horses. They hot <laughs> hot suns. God, like, how is it going to work? I did also appreciate that you pointed out the, which kids were hot too, Lizzie. That's that's our important content. The we need to point out the hot sons, uh, and to me, the two children who were coached, the the two children who oh um, oh beyond coach, they were given scripts. I yes. mean, 
literally she asked, are you there for the right reasons or something like this? I'm just like, Jesus Christ. The producers don't overstep on Golden that much, but when they do, it's just... Literally, she said, how did you deal with those California <laughs> freeways? Oh, oh, Have God. you got a 401k? <laughs> but no, I agree with what you're saying. And I think, you know, this is something that we've talked about on this show, ways to improve the Bachelor franchise. I think every season, like Love is Blind does, should exist with players from one mm. city who are in the same city yeah. as the lead, basically. So that that entire, what we call, we have this thing called the five attacks. When you go to a hometown, the family can issue these five different attacks that are heartbreak. You better not break my daughter's heart. There's other players attack. Well, you're still dating two other people. Uh, and distance or Values. location is also one of these attacks. That's like, where are you going to wind up? You eliminate that attack. And I think it, it allows the, at least the viewers to like suspend yeah. disbelief a little more. That's not a problem they're going to have to overcome. Because I agree with you guys. When I saw the hometowns, that was the one thing that I saw in it that I'm like, oh, yeah, he's not going to end up with them. any of them. You know, he will for the show, but I think in long no. term, I don't think the relationship <laughs> you just, lasts. You just ruined Lizzie's day. <laughs> I think I think Teresa is so desperate she'll move wherever the fuck he wants her to. I agree. Like, <laughs> I, think I think Teresa would go Got anywhere her. for him. She sees her grandkids every day. She's going to leave them? <laughs> ah, she's sick of them. She's sick of <laughs> I know. She's going to be like, you called me like desperate and lonely yeah. on the show. You should have said my life was rich. <laughs> one of one of the uh, one of the other theories is Teresa uh may Teresa's I think all correct me if I'm wrong. I know I don't think Leslie has said what what her marital status has up been to this point. We think she's been at, she had two 7-year marriages. Oh, so she did say that. Um and both but both of them are alive. I don't know if I know that from the show or outside. Oh, I was just going to say, Teresa's husband is dead. Um, and Faith's husband, we know, uh, is still with us. I'm just saying it could be that Teresa would go with him because she's a black widow. And she needs to murder another man. This is oh, shit. conspiracy shit, y'all. Just this, go get a drink. This is a paper when you go get a cocktail. You know, I, I, all I'll say is I love a Black Widow. And yeah. um, Teresa has that kind of glassy-eyed, um, I love you so much I want to kill you and no one else can have you mm -hmm. look to her. So, Have you seen season 19 of The Bachelor? Oh, whose season was that? Chris Souls, Prince Farmington, uh, they called him. He lives in Arlington, Iowa, population 200. On that season, you had a uh, player named... Kelsey Poe, who oh my quotes, God. Yes! loved her yes! story. I thought you were going to say that he killed because he did kill. He, well, Chris Souls has also killed. Yes. But. I remember her. Yeah. And there's a lot of conjecture online and has been since that season that she killed her husband Sanderson. So if you like a good Black Widow conspiracy, season 19 is where you should be uh, focusing attention. I feel like she has the same look in her eyes as Teresa did. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love going to Conspiracy Town. We have a bit on our show where I literally say, like, back your bags. We're going to Conspiracy Town. I don't know if I can get on board with uh, the Black Widow conspiracy, but no, I do. I don't. I do so. like it. I do yeah, like I think it. your conspiracy theories are a little more founded in reality. Uh, uh, I don't know if that's accurate, uh, but <laughs> I don't know if you've listened to enough episodes, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People said Jack I, Ruby wasn't real for a while. So, you know, and then yeah, that's knew. true. Hmm. Um, Wow. But no, I'm glad you guys are liking Golden Bachelor. We are too. We think that it's 
It's wonderful. Really, honestly, the best product the Bachelor franchise has ever made simply because it has removed that component that all these other shows have. At least if you watch it for long enough and you kind of peer through the document of the show, you get the feeling that the producers hate these players or, or at the very least take pleasure in kind of trying to ruin their experience and then even ruin their lives subsequently. And yeah. you just don't have that in Golden Bachelor. It feels very wholesome. It feels like everybody is there to have fun. It's a sisterhood. Even when they get kicked off, they're wishing each other luck and it feels sincere. And I just think they've done a great job with it. Who do you want for Golden Bachelorette? I think it. If we I first thought Joan, we thought Joan would be a good one. Joan. Right. Yeah. Joan's with the silver hair, right? Yeah. Yeah. The one who went yeah. home because her daughter had given birth. You're talking about Joan's blonde, Maddie. Oh, not Joan. Who was? That's Edith. Edith wasn't on long enough. She won't be. No, it. we did talk. It was Joan. But now I feel like they're going. I think it's, it's going to be Ellen. Ellen. Yeah. I don't I don't know. If people people loved Ellen, though. But I don't know yeah. if Ellen, this sounds misogynistic, but I don't know if Ellen fits what the Bachelor franchise would like their first Bachelorette to be. Interesting. Um, I feel like it would be someone like Joan. Um, mm. But I don't know. I, Because I, I, they're so, the Bachelor is so conservative with their casting choices. Especially yeah. for the I leads. would love it. That's why I can't see it being FEMA. I'm like, they're going <laughs> to pick a Jewish woman as the first doctor. That, that's what I was thinking. Someone waspier and like Joan. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I would love Susan. I would love God, a, but yes, I would love a Susan oh ba God. Bachelorette. Yes. I don't know if I feel like they would have to do women and men <laughs> there. <laughs> Which which is not what The Bachelor Love does. That. But I don't think they're going to yeah. do it because also the audience for The Bachelor is network TV audience, which is exactly. baby boomers. People who it's, like, yeah, you know, they're Joan. not looking for anything progressive. That said, statistically speaking, at least on traditional Bachelorette, going out in third place gives you the best odds to be the next Bachelorette. True. Mm -hmm. So whoever we're going to see get kicked off Teresa or Faye. later this week. Uh, may have it in the bag. We don't know. Oh, so you guys think it's Leslie? I, I mean, I think it's one of the three remaining players. I think that will be the next, or will be the first Golden Bachelor. I think it, it probably will be the first Golden, but will be one of those three women. Because yeah. their heart's going to be broken. So they're yeah. going to want to do this story yeah. about someone's heart being broken, and then they continue, they can find love again. Big victimization at it. I mean, Faith has set herself up for a victimization and the refusal to move kind of gives her this four TRR reason oh. to not be with them. Like, I don't know. I'm very curious. Yeah. Cause faith's not leaving her horse. Yeah. She's not leaving her dead horse. Yeah. I, I thank you guys for your time. We have to wrap this up, but I have one question that is not bachelor related. This is a 90 day question. Oh, did you see, Sarper posted a video that I can now not find where he claims that he and Shekinah have started a uh, cosmetic surgery tourism business in Turkey <laughs> that is no cost. Did you see this video? Do you know what I'm talking about? You must go to the website <laughs> that is, uh, you can see it there. Uh, and uh, she is multiply org orgasmic bitch. He is. I have not seen this. I have or, not seen it. He is I think possibly... he posted it on his reel, but it's gone now. I'm telling you, he was promoting a cosmetic surgery tourism business that he started with Shekinah recently, I guess. And he was claiming that it costs you no money 
to come to Turkey. They'll take care of you and get you whatever kind of cosmetic surgery you need. I'm and like, what is this? What no is he talking about? at all. <laughs> it is cheaper there. Hashtag Bodrum. It is Hashtag cheaper. Bodrum. Yeah. Uh, all right. Go there. I, I think Sarper was definitely made in a lab. Um, mm-hmm. And he is incredible <laughs> to me because strangely... Which season is this? This is the most current season the other way. way. And what's crazy... Current the other way? If you could look up Sarper... that's the one I'm watching. He's the guy... He's with the girl Shekinah who kind of has a Kardashian voice. She's from LA. She's from LA. They come in a little later. They come in like in episode three or four of of, uh, Other Way. Okay. I've watched the first two. This is the one where the the, the kid is filming himself all the time with his girlfriend. Oh, Brandon. Get ready. Oh, oh God. But remember, Poodle, remember that when that was the biggest problem of them was just they were always on the phone. God, give me simpler yeah. times. Trust me. I'm so scared. <laughs> it only goes. Chad was like, it doesn't end well. I'm like, no shit. No, it's <laughs> it's it a long, dark hallway. <laughs> My girlfriend turned me on to 90 Day. I had never really watched it. Now I'm just like, I can't. I'm like salivating for the next episode. Wait, have you seen Danielle, a uh, Danielle and Muhammad season? Because oh, they're my favorite. That, that is that is peak no one will ever no one will ever uh uh i agree no one will ever chad if you ever do go back and do a rewatch daniel and muhammad will go you'll go how could this camelot how did i not know this existed because <laughs> i can't it, wait thank you for this recommendation i'm watching this tonight <laughs> when he when he th- when she throws the binder at him your life will be made i want you to watch it and then you and then the uh, the four of us invite your girlfriend. We'll all go to dinner, and you and Poodle can just nerd out about it. And I'll get drunk with Lizzie. Sounds yeah. fantastic. It'll be. So, I watched, had to watch it so badly. I've watched so much Ninety Day, but I'm I'm behind. But it it, it does bring up feelings uh, of like what we discuss on this show, which is that we feel complicit when like the Bachelor is like racist, homophobic, etc. But Ninety Day, I feel like even the Danielle Muhammad relationship, I'm like. I feel like I'm watching kidnapping stories sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I oh, and it, Last Resort was good. Feel weird oh. watching. Yeah. <laughs> they, well, the thing is, we, we have a thing. I have a kind of a a rubric where I feel okay watching it if I feel like the people there are safe. Um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if I feel like someone's not safe, I don't feel okay. That's why Brandon and Mary make me really uncomfortable. Yes, uh, because I don't feel like either of them are there, or either of them are really safe. Uh, totally, yeah. But Danielle, like they've had too much trauma yeah. in their lives to Danielle and Muhammad have a healthy. The yeah. state's going to handle that, <laughs> so yeah. you know that the state is <laughs> oh, definitely no. going to handle like dealing with their kids or something like that. But there's there's also a level. It's like Nicole. It's like mm-hmm. you, you, we, we, we love Nicole and all the Nicole seasons because she is a big mess, but she also have a, has a level of entitlement. Mm-hmm. So it balances out so you can kind of hate her. <laughs> oh, you need to watch mm. Nicole oh. and Asin in well, the makeup store. She's really called. I have watched oh. uh, Nicole and Asin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. She, well, she has a kid, but. And that part makes that me part, that part is rough. Hard, However, she has a very <laughs> not makes me <laughs> she's a very strong willed mother named Robbie who will, you know, will definitely take care of the kid. So that I feel less about. I think Nickel okay. Nickel should just go off to Azen and she should be with him. And then he, at night he'll go to the male spa and it'll be fine. 
Um, <laughs> we think it's gay. Um, we think. He refused to kiss her, right? He had yeah. more hair changes than she did in that he season. He did. So many cardigans. So many gay cardigans. Who do you think he's going to pick in Golden Bachelor? Uh, I think it's going to be Fema. Leslie Fema. Really? Really? Yeah, I think she wins. Wow. This is so interesting. For me, it's Faith. Um, but it's a gut feeling. But I, I know that editing is going to tell me another thing. Mm -hmm. another thing but mm -hmm. i think you might be right well she lives the closest y'all got just got to get on the i-90 <laughs> yeah. yeah you and, gotta get on uh, the i-90 right. fema does live the closest she does live the closest and it's very obvious that's the one he wants to bang the most oh yeah which i guess we're gonna get in this next episode but i also think she is in terms of like uh i think it's between her and faith i think um Teresa's going home probably in this next episode. But I think Leslie Fema has a, like a more similar lifestyle. Despite Gary saying, yes, I'm, I'll ride horses all day with you and live on this fucking farm and we can go to your dead horse's grave every day. He ain't doing that. I, I can't see Gary at, the, at that farm. No, that is a matter of like lifestyle. It is not like close to Seattle. It is like on the other side of the Rocky Mountain range or whatever the mountains are up there. It's like far. It's you got to take the 45 for a very long yes. time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to actually, y'all have to drive through Glacier I mean, National Park. It's very <laughs> Then again, remember Gary's the one who flipped a coin to see which way he would drive on his motorcycle. So that was in his youth. He doesn't mind a long. He doesn't mind a long. He's drive. an old man okay. now. The only place he's going is to a pickleball court, and you ain't got no pickleball courts on a fucking farm. Exactly. I. The other option mm -hmm. here, you guys, is oh God. he doesn't choose. He at the he's freaking out at the very end, and he doesn't choose anyone. Pulls a Brad Womack. Oh, Absolutely not going to happen. Womack. I do think that would be really funny. He ain't going to do that though. He's <laughs> no, a company player. He's he going to do whatever they tell him to in the end. You got to propose period no one's Gonna as do awful it. as brad woman <laughs> <laughs> he did it uh but uh, sincerely thank you both so much for being yeah, on today with us and talking this about all blast. this stuff absolutely fun um and i would love to sit down and talk to you guys in depth about 90 day as a kind of oh, new devotee we'll yeah. to the franchise i've seen yes. now the past maybe three or four seasons in total we'll have you on the show please and where can everyone find you guys on the internet? You can find us on Instagram at Reality Gaze Podcast. You can find us on X, X, or <laughs> formerly Twitter um, at Reality Gaze Pod, I believe. Yeah. And then we're realitygaze.com. It used to be porn, but it's not anymore. And <laughs> seriously, wait, you guys took over a porn Did you site get URL. Told to take down those photos. <laughs> we had to buy it and we, we kept contacting the guy. One of our sees this guy Drew at GoDaddy helped us out. Like, but it was bad porn too. That's what made us really sad. It was like Twinks in a house. Not a good idea. Amateur, kind of like they used to be, yeah, like twink like they're like one degree away from doing meth on it we're like come on and but and you can find us on the tiktok at reality gaze we're having a blast on the the kids tiktok these days where yes wherever you listen to podcasts you can search reality gaze and you can find us you can find me <laughs> nightly on piano cat 77 no. well thank you again uh for joining us today it has been our honor and pleasure 
Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists... Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my... Um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about. But I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, 
you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Me Undies, comfort from the outside in. Thank you guys for having us. Cannot thank Maddie and Poodle from Reality Gaze enough for joining us. Had a blast talking to them. They are so funny. Please listen to their podcast, Reality Gaze. Yeah, they're hilarious. And I'm, I'm looking very forward to talking 90 Day with them at some point in the near future. But now let's move on to that portion of our programs where we're discussing all the movements in numbers of our beloved game. And we're almost to news where we're going to be talking about that email. So stay tuned for that. But let's get into these gains. This is... This Week in Games. Golden Bachelor continues its utter domination of the network landscape, turning in a .5 in the demographic with 4.5 million viewers for the first round of playoffs. A new episode of Buddy Games on CBS was the (laughs) next closest network show in a distant second place with a .3 in the demo and a paltry 2.6 million viewers. It is doubling both the ratings, essentially, a little less than doubling the ratings, but doubling the raw viewers of the next closest network show. That's fucking insane. Incredible. Incredible. Golden Bachelorette's coming, which we'll also be talking about in the news, by the way. Oh, games. And BIP is holding steady from last week with a .32 in the demo and 1.9 million viewers, which landed them in third place among all broadcast networks behind a new episode of Big Brother on CBS and a new episode of Transplant on NBC. BIP did manage to beat out a new episode of Lego Masters on Fox. The only way I know what shows are on network TV is through gains. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how I know, maybe driving around LA and seeing billboards and shit. I'm aware of all the... I mean, I know what Big Brother is, obviously, but I'm aware of, like, Transplant. I think I've seen a couple episodes of Lego Masters um, simply because it has the name mm-hmm. Masters in it, and it's, like, Ink Master. So I was like, I'll see. Is it the same format? So you thought it would be close to what you liked? Yeah. Was it? No. I'm not that big into Legos. Some people are. Not for me. Uh, let's move on. Our crown gains. Let's talk about that golden god, Gary Turner. He gained 6.3K Instagram followers this week for a total of 73.1. I predicted he was going to hit a million. I'm uh, I'm revoking that. I'm revoking that prediction. You're revoking that? I Are you revoking that he's God? He's not even in the 100K club. He still is the golden God. He okay. launched a new franchise within the Bachelor family of product. He yeah. launched, They're going to do Golden Bachelorette. This is going to go on forever. This is going to go on. Until they turn the fucking lights out at ABC Broadcast Network. That's a beautiful prediction. I can see them reorganizing their entire network around golden franchise shit. So in that way, Gary is eternal. Uh, Yeah, I guess he's eternal. I mean, he's the Alex Michelle of the golden franchise. Mm-hmm. Put the game on his back. I mean, I hope he doesn't become a ghost like Alex Michelle. I don't think so. He's he's we'll get to it in news. He's already doing some shit that's I just. If Gary doesn't end up with his ring winner, he ain't gonna. I don't say that. I think he's gonna get. He's gonna propose, uh, and that'll be it. Six months later, it'll it'll suffer the same statistical death that all relationships or or ninety nine point nine percent of Bachelor Nation relationships do. We'll see. We should now for those top Golden Bachelor Instagram gains in that top spot. 
the player from Young Country, Leslie Fema, gained 7.2K for a total of 19.3K. Susan Knowles gained 3K for a total of 10.2K. Faith Martin gained 2.8K for a total of 9.8K. Teresa Nist gained 2.3K for a total of 9.8K as well. And in fifth place, Ellen Goltzer gained 1.3K for a total of 5.5K. So your top five golden Instagram chart is as follows. Leslie Fema sitting on top with 19.3K total. Susan Knowles in second rises to second with 10.2K. Teresa Nist is in third with 9.8K. Faith Martin in fourth with 9.7K. And Joan Vassos rounds out the top five with 9.6K. I cannot wait for this woman tell all. (laughs) I know frothing at the mouth we only have a couple days and they haven't announced who the golden bachelorette is yet we're gonna be seeing people duking it out i assume Ugh, yeah it's gonna be great i know now for the top bip instagram gains jessica garad gained 9k for a total of 119k john henry spurlock the helmeted deep sea diver caught in a love triangle that's apparently out of his realm of being able to understand has gained 6.5K mm-hmm. for a total of 37.7K. <laughs> Braden Bowers, who made our error of the game this week, gained 5.4K for a total of 49.7K. The star of this season, in my opinion, Olivia Lewis, gained 4.9K for a total of 17.1K. And rounding out that top five, Rachel Recchia gained 4K for a total of 563K. And At least she's getting something. I know. She's putting on a little more number. Wasn't she up over 600K? She was at almost 700, I want to say, in her her bachelorette run. Uh, But it's good to see her back in relevance within the nation. She's always been one of my favorite players. Of course, I made a beautiful song. Mm -hmm, You made that song. (laughs) Uh, An ode. The the top five BIP Instagram chart is as follows. We got Rekia sitting on top with that 563K. Blake Moines in second with 433K. Tyler Norris is jumping into the mix. Third place, 120K. Jessica Garad right behind him, 119K in fourth. And Avon Jones cracking that 100K mark is in fifth place at 105K. Yes, Maddie's favorite. That's right. (laughs) Avon Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Top five BIP TikTok. Rachel Recchia is in that top spot with 138.7K. Jessica Garad is in second place with 97K. P P third place 45.2k that's my sheet music reading of that spelling yeah that was great i i absolutely loved it you hit every note possible to be hit by a human <laughs> fourth place is tyler norris 22.6k you are the celine dion of gore that <laughs> is is in fifth place with 16.9k and that rounds out all those gains this week we're gonna move on now this is Bachelor Nation News. Clues, you got a sparkle in your eye. Well, it's because before we get to the regularly scheduled news here, we do have some breaking news. We've been talking about how players from Love is Blind and Bachelor Nation have been very liberal with their contradictions of edits and their podcast appearances talking about producer manipulation. And it seemed, like I said up top, like the sauce wars were finally being won. They were simmering down. It seemed like the Mm -hmm. truth was prevailing. It seemed like these big reality franchises were okay with their players going out there and talking about what really happened. But now, in a stunning new development, a uh, breach of contestant agreement email was sent, supposedly to every player on this season of Paradise. 
not so gently reminding them that they can be fined for every time they break contract and every time also that they do spawn con before this buffer period of a month after their the finale of whatever season they're in airs. Uh, these are the contracts they sign when they go on these shows. It says you have to not only get permission from all the different producers and whoever the powers are that, that handle that shit, you have to ask them to do spawn con. You also have to wait this month until after mm-hmm. your finale airs. And there are some players, I guess, who are not doing the that. Buffer. So this email was to remind them uh, that you can be fined for these things. But more importantly, mm-hmm. it was to remind them that they cannot discuss what actually happened on any of these shows. And again, at least uh, mm-hmm. to our knowledge, this email supposedly went out to every player on Bachelor in Paradise Season 9. Have we seen anything like this before? I've never heard of anything where they sent an email to everyone no. on a season Basically saying, shut the fuck up, do what we tell you, or we're going to come for you. No, I imagine there is some correspondence that is with everyone, but with all this legalese and like (laughs) very, uh, very clear couple of annoyances that they are having with all the players, I've never heard of it. Um, You know, I've been keeping my ear to the ground for these things. And we've only known a couple players who have even gotten sued. We've heard of people getting warned against certain things and people getting calls Mm -hmm. and stuff. But, um, and this is also, it's not really shocking to me in terms of the sauce wars because we know that a lot of the players have been contradicting the edit and seemingly with no consequences. But the spawn con thing, I was like, I don't notice that a lot of them are doing spawn con. I haven't noticed that either. And that to me, I think is like a secondary part of this threat. What I'm curious about is, is it going to be effective? Are we going to now mm-hmm. see all these players from paradise just shutting the fuck up? Are they not even going to go yeah. on podcasts unless it's happy hour now? I don't know. Um, I, I think that's possible as a result of this, especially because you're not seeing, you know, we just went through the gains you've still got Rachel Reckia and Blake Moines are like on top in the 500 K and sub 500 K realm. You can make money Mm -hmm. as an influencer at those numbers for sure. But most people on BIP are not going to be able to make much money from this. And so I feel like the threat of this is more significant than any possible financial gain they could get from it. So what they're really Mm -hmm. trying to do, I think is silence players potentially like Kat Izzo, yeah. Who definitely has some shit to say about her edit. Absolutely. She would be one of the ones that comes to mind first when I think of in terms of the edit. I think that they fucked a lot of players over this season. And I think they some of them want to like set the record straight. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Kat Izzo to me is is probably the foremost one. But clearly there were others if this email did in fact go out to everybody um right. on the season of Paradise. At any rate, that's right. that's kind of the the breaking news we have. This email supposedly has gone out and... um, Do you think it'll be effective? 100%. As somebody who once received a cease and desist from Tom Brady uh, on my other podcast that I do (laughs) called Dudesy. It's 100% effective? (laughs) Well, it does does jar you, especially in this case. I mean, the thing I got from Tom Brady was different because I I feel like that was clearly just like a threat. What is called a... uh, I forget what it's called in, in California. It's like slap or something. There are anti-slap laws. I believe it was called SLAP, which stands for Tom Brady slapped you? Silencing language against 
plaintiff or something. I forget what it stands for, but it's basically like when somebody has a lot of money and somebody's saying something about them, which may be true or not in media, if you have enough money, you just send them a cease and desist. And you're like, we're going to sue the living shit out of you unless you shut up. And for most people, if you don't have money to fight that person, they're like, okay, sorry, (laughs) we won't say anything, whether it's legal or not. Um, I thought that what Tom Brady was doing to us was meritless, but um, nonetheless, we complied simply for that reason. Cut to this audio clip in the trial. <laughs> you be t- <laughs> No, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any trial. Ours was mainly about like a First Amendment thing. There was a little bit of an AI component to it. But um, this is completely different because what is happening here is all of the players mm-hmm. who go on any reality show, Bachelor or otherwise, sign a contract that says very clearly, we will not contradict edits, basically, not in explicit terms like that, but there are a bunch of clauses in it. We've gone through the contract on this show a bunch yeah. of times. My likeness can be used to make me look any which way. Yeah. And you, you cannot, you basically forfeit your right to discuss anything that happens on the show outside of what is pre-approved when you go on these podcasts. Or any of their production strategies or tools and it seems like a lot of people are doing that and i think it is this really kind of started in my opinion on last season of paradise with um jen parisi kind of doing some uh edit contradictions in her instagram stories when she was going through all that stuff with aaron clancy and they were back together Mm. on again off again they're on the 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 jungle jungle path path. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> all that and and you started to just see more and more players coming out and doing yeah. kind of like double speak around the truth on their twitters and instagrams and whatever and i just think that that has like it has picked up steam more and more players are doing that kind of constantly almost with every episode that's coming out yeah i wonder if it'll become more subtle like the sauce wars will go underground and it'll just be like People saying vague hints like, pay attention to my hair in this episode. Yeah. If you're wearing like a blue shirt on a Thursday, it means they fucked over your edit, you know, whatever. (laughs) I don't know. But this is where we are now. It seems like the show is is, um, at least for Paradise players. And it's like when you watch this season of Golden Bachelor followed by Bachelor in Paradise, there's a stark difference in the way the players are treated on these shows. I don't think Golden Bachelor players are getting this fucking letter from anybody you know what i mean it's still about like Mm -hmm. at least for paradise there is still this idea that the producers are in control fuck you if you want to tell the truth or say anything against the narrative this is like (laughs) having to go through them for anything in your life basically yeah exactly um and uh yeah i mean Time will tell. Time will tell how effective this is. Time will tell. But that's going on. We thought it important to say here. And now we're going to move on to our regularly scheduled news at large with a first uh, item here, which is, I'm sure everyone saw this. (laughs) The original Dark Lord Chris Harrison and former Bachelor Nation Entertainment reporter Lauren Zima were legally wed for a second time this weekend. They had their first wedding ceremony in Napa Valley, California on October 14th. And then they followed it up this past weekend on November 4th with what was described as a blowout bash at a ranch in Austin, Texas. The disgraced former host of The Bachelor and the almost host of the defunct Before It Began 
Relationships <laughs> podcast. I had forgotten about relationships. I'll never Sips. forget it. I'll never forget relationships. Relationships <laughs> podcast sold exclusive photo rights to their weddings to People Magazine, who also interviewed the couple about their dual nuptials. Zima said, as much as we wanted an intimate weekend for our wedding ceremony in Napa, we also wanted to celebrate getting married with all the great friends we have. Hence, this bigger party. Doing the second event in Austin gave us the ability to include all of our friends and also made sure that we didn't leave our wedding feeling like we didn't even see any of our loved ones. A story we've heard before. To kick off the festivities in the Lone Star State, the couple hosted a Bachelor World, in quotes, reunion. Not Bachelor Nation, Bachelor World. I wondered why it was called that. Uh, huh. maybe they got a, a letter from somebody. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but they hosted a, a bachelor world reunion at their home on Friday night with paradise bartender Wells Adams and his wife, modern family actress, Sarah Hyland, the unlovable season 20 bachelor, Ben Higgins and his wife, Jessica, the kissing bandit, Ari Lyondike jr. And his second choice for wife, Lauren Burnham, the golden one, Sean Lowe and his wife, Catherine Lowe, uh, the unicorn, Fletcher, the first bachelorette, Trista Sutter, criminal stalker and fence jumper, Colton Underwood, and his husband, Jordan C. Brown, as well as season four bachelor, dolphin laugh enthusiast, Bob Gin Gin Guinea, and his wife, Jessica Canyon. Damn, I'm glad uh, it lined up that you had this paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bachelor world, huge. But that was just a tip of the iceberg. There were so many people there. Yeah. I mean, these photos were like, it was like that Ellen DeGeneres photo at the Oscars. Like, we got all these big people in one picture. The following day, Harrison and Zima hosted their 225 guests for their outdoor ceremony and cowboy cocktail party. Zima and Harrison first connected when she interviewed him in 2016 while she was working as a Bachelor franchise correspondent for Entertainment Tonight. Started from the bottom, now she's here. Congrats to Zima. Congrats. I guess. At what cost? In my mind, they were already married, I guess. but Well, they were last week or two weeks ago. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Uh, This was their second wedding. (laughs) So DLH wasn't the only one, though, uh, from the nation tying the knot this weekend. Wiener's own Tia Booth became legally entangled this week with a boyfriend of three-year civilian, Taylor Mock. Booth and Mock followed the DLH blueprint and sold exclusive photos and interviews to People Magazine detailing the event that took place Saturday at Diamond Creek Farms in Nashville. The Slider Country event saw 225 friends and family in attendance, including the couple's son, Tatum, who will usher in his first birthday in December. They both had 225? Is this a magic number? Who is this? Yes. 
The couple first met at a going away party for one of Booth's friends. They struck up a friendship that eventually turned into more when Mock admitted he had a crush on Booth. In deference to Booth's history in our beloved game, Mock proposed in April 2022 during a Bachelor Live show in Atlanta with some help from the only tropical royale in history, then host of Bachelor Live, Becca Kufrin. Congrats to Tia and Mock on this next chapter in their lives together. Indeed. Up next in our uh, Bachelor Nation news, our golden god, Gary Turner, is beginning to reap the benefits of godhood by extending his godly power to the world of country music. Yes, yesterday, the 72-year-old pickleball <laughs> master posted an announcement to his main Instagram grid, letting the world know that he will be a presenter at this year's Country Music Awards. The post is a still image of Gary framed in an official CMA presenter title, along with a caption that reads, this Wednesday, I will be in Nashville, Slider Country. It doesn't say Slider Country. It just says, this Wednesday, I will be in Nashville presenting on the hashtag CMA Awards stage. Watch live at 8, 7 Central on ABC. It's country music's biggest night. Trophy emoji. Stream next day on Hulu. Do you think he's running his own Instagram account? Hell no. So if you need to get some more Gary on your TV screens, tune in this Wednesday to see how he handles himself on an award stage. Will he be a presenter at the Oscars in February? We think it's 100% luck. <laughs> Congrats to the Golden God on this very impressive upcoming feather in his cap. He better be at the goddamn Met Ball, this man. Everywhere. I agree. He should go to every public award show, gala, ball, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make it happen. We'll see. Speaking of Golden Bachelor, up next in Bachelor Nation News, it feels like we are getting closer to a Golden Bachelorette. Well, nothing is official yet. One of the Golden showrunners, Jason Ehrlich, gave an interview to The Wrap in which he said, quote, we know that if we do a Golden Bachelorette, it will be very different. We're really interested to see how that will play out, but hope that we do get the opportunity and that we get the same genuine feeling of reasonable people who are looking for love. Co-showrunner Claire Freeland added that the team is, quote, standing by for a green light from the network. I mean, you know, we talked about this as soon as the first ratings hit. It, mm -hmm. This is 100% lock. There will be yeah. a golden bachelorette. And you get these little uh, <laughs> interviews coming out where they're just like teasing you a little bit. If there wasn't, you just manifested it with that grunt. <laughs> <laughs> that was my spell. That was like a call to the heavens. Yeah. I'm a warlock. When I speak in this voice, I cast a spell to make things real. I mean, I just thought this was already a done deal. It is. And these little things like this interview is not allowed unless they're really, you know, they're 99% doing a Golden Bachelorette. They wouldn't send these mm. showrunners out to have like an interview with the rap where they're like, we think we're going to get a Golden Bachelorette. They wouldn't be doing it. When are they going to air it, though, is the real question. That is the question. And that's, I think, what they're what ABC is probably trying to figure it out. When are they going to do this to us? Do this to us. Please, do it to any fucking time. I don't care. Triple up. I don't give a shit triple up fucking air it at the end of paradise put it on at 11 p.m i'll watch it i don't care i need this i know you're already watching sassy soldier i know <laughs> i know wrapping up bachelor nation news Haley ferguson announced her pregnancy this week with her finnish hockey player husband ola palve and 
Bachelor season 17 superstar Leslie Murphy welcomed her second child with her civilian husband, Alex Kavanaugh. Congrats to everyone ushering in the next generation of potential players. I like how you read Bachelor. That was just a typo. I put a W at the end instead of I know, but I was, I just, I thought I would just see if you noticed. I noticed and I loved it. Thank you very much. That wraps up uh, news for this week. Now we're going to move on to that portion of our program where we talk about all the, the plays our favorite players are making on their little telephones. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. The sauce wars have simmered and the sauce wars have now bristled to a boil and the simmering has gone over the top. Damn. Yes, chef. Nice. I don't know how to cook. Kylie and Avon took shots at Olivia on Twitter, which earned them an all right up in bustle to start. Olivia tweets, Will shows interest in me and kisses me. Kylie messes it up once she catches wind. John Henry shows interest in me and we are together. Kylie encourages Kat to mess it up. Anyone else sensing a pattern? Question mark. Hashtag Bachelor in Paradise. 7.1K views. Kylie responds, I owe you nothing. I'm loyal to my actual friends. Have a great night. 2.3K views. Olivia, is that why you just called me twice to tell me that? Or was it going to be the fake pageant voice where you pretend that's not really what went down? Kylie, I wasn't calling to explain myself. I was calling to tell you to get my name out of your mouth. Instead, you're trolling Twitter and refuse to answer my phone calls. It's uh, These are all taking place on X, formerly known as Twitter. Kylie has since deleted, I wasn't calling to explain myself part. And uh, we then have Avon Jones chime in. This is what I was referencing earlier. Give a night one elimination some meaningless screen time and they start to think they can just say anything. Face, hand mm. on face emoji, mm. 19K views. Olivia, I was unaware you had to make it past night one to call a spade a spade. My fault, the night one elimination comment is tired of being used. Find new content, 6.6K views. This shit is a beautiful, beautiful tableau. Olivia Lewis comes out on top here, bar none. She's demolished them both, in my opinion. The Avon Jones, given night one elimination, some meaningless screen time. First of all, it's called night one guy, night one girl, or night one player. Night one elimination is not a phrase. Never use it again. Second, meaningless screen time. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. sir. There is no such thing. Screen time is all meaningful. It is the prize of the game. It is what you are seeking to have at all times. Olivia Lewis is blowing you out of the water in screen time. She has yeah. uh, more than double what Avon has. She's always in the top three yeah. in the amount of screen times at Bachelor Data for all that, all those stats. But yeah, this was a huge error for me for Avon. I agree. It's just. Uh, don't wait in, especially not on Twitter. <laughs> you never want the text for people to screenshot uh, and then analyze like we are doing now. You have done yourself a disservice. Mm, yes. <laughs> Please never do it again or do it again. I actually did like it. I, I like watching these little public feuds and it really just shows you Olivia Lewis's ability to generate shit out of nothing. She started this with a tweet that was just kind of about what's what's happening in the edit. She's, she's feuded with everyone. 
Oh, she's so good. God damn it. She's keeping so many spinning plates going. I know. Uh, moving on. Are the mother and stepfather of Poop Baby still together, or did parenthood tear them apart forever? Sam Jeffries answered this week with an informative slideshow Instagram post of the dynamic duo, quote, different views on faith took Aaron and I on separate paths, but the twist were still the best of friends. Heart hands emoji, rose emoji. We may not be soulmates, but we're, <laughs> in quotes, bowl mates for life. Uh, laughing, crying emoji, shit emoji, dot, dot, dot. My relationship with Jesus will always be my number one priority. If she doesn't now make a number two joke somewhere in here after saying my number one priority, she will have missed a mark in my opinion. Mm. And I'm so beyond grateful for our friendship. White heart emoji, hashtag bachelor paradise, hashtag paradise, hashtag bachelor nation, hashtag uh, bachelor nation, rose emoji, hashtag bachelor ABC, end quote. So she missed an opportunity for a number two joke there. We love Mm. this play. As it hits on many levels, Jeffrey's uh, toilet clock VIP storyline, highlighting her Christian play. Her bio includes, by the way, heart hands emoji, Jesus first, and a gorgeous homage to the Tasha Ivan religious values breakup, explaining exactly why this paradise couple ended things. This one goes out to the haters. Glitter lifestylist Jess Garod vamps under the caption, trying to survive another Thursday night without telling a hater they hurt my feelings. With the caption, sunshine lollipops and rainbows only. This had 14K likes, 208K views. The crown who made multiple Love Level 4s dramatic, Benjamin Higgins tweeted about the comparisons to himself and Golden God Gary. Quote, Elaine Bennis at Cindy12 tweeted, quote, uh-oh, Gary pulled a Ben Higgins, hashtag Golden Bachelor, at Ben Higgins, Benjamin Higgins, at Ben Higgins, retweeted and said he is an Indiana boy. Those Indiana boys have a lot of love to give hashtag Golden Bachelor. The tweet got 1.1K likes, 148.9K views. Wowie. Cat made a TikTok on the side effects of sleep deprivation with a little infographic accompanied then by clips of her on Bachelor in Paradise doing said side effects like irritability and impulsive, reckless behavior. I think this was pre-email. You can't say anything that happened. Yeah, this was definitely pre-email. Never want to talk about sleep deprivation. That is a producer tactic, and by contract, you cannot mention it. Uh, So... We'll see what goes on. I'm very curious to see the fallout from this email. Oh, my um, God. By the way, this uh, goes out to any player who received this email. I thought- if you want to come on this show and talk openly about your experiences on Paradise, I always extend this offer. We will disguise your voice and your identity so no one will know it's you. No. I want to do this so bad. I want to disguise somebody's voice so bad. Please come on our show so I can disguise your voice. If somebody wants to come on and pretend to be a player, I'll disguise your voice. All of these were strong plays, but there can be only one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to Katie Thurston. She posted a simple image Instagram story of her and the sculptor Blake Moynes reunited in fancy clothes this week without context. This surely stirred the fourth audience to a frenzy of shippers and anti-shippers in anticipation of Thurston's own appearance as she touches sand. She then posted an Instagram story of her face in her welcome to the pit sweatshirt under the caption, me not sure what to post on my IG story next after yesterday's post without context. Jesus Christ. Chef's kiss. Unreal. 
Absolutely unreal. Chef's kiss. I mean, you know, she's always been one of the best, if not the best, of the Bachelorette crowns at social media. You know, at 12 Days of Messy, it will go down in history. It's it's the tone. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's the tone of her relationship mm-hmm. with her parasocial yeah. uh, relationships. It's fun. It's a little cheeky. Oh, look at this. I know this is going to get people riled up in a fun way. She can stoke it without crossing the line into seeming like malicious or mean or whatever. She just does it the best. Uh, maybe of any player we've ever seen, in my opinion. But let's move on. Congratulations, Skitty Thurston, on another parasocial play of the week. I feel like she's racking up uh, how many she got at this point, 50 or something. Speaking of uh, players, by the way, racking up wins in the parasocial category, today we got to talk about that parasocial creature of the week. And this week, it's Pino and Ramen. They were transformed into circus lions to sit at the feet of their lion tamer, Caitlin Bristow, in an incredible Halloween main grid post. Absolutely stunning all the way around. Congrats to these two hounds on their superstar mother uh, and their superstar mother on taking the trophy home again for what feels like the hundredth time. Clues. You know I have a creature, Luca Tony. Yeah. He got his big mm-hmm. uh, goodbye balls surgery last week. I got him a soft cone. And you know what that cone <laughs> was? A lion costume. <sighs> I can't believe the goat and I dressed our creatures up the same way. For Halloween. Beautiful. I feel like a true free spirit uh, icon. Congrats. Well, she is your hero player. But that wraps up all of our parasocial commentary. Now we're going to move on to that portion of our program where Pace Case and I build a diving board and push it out over the pit. And we do a couple of bounces on it and we dive deep as far as we can go into the dark waters at the bottom of the pit to issue forth our screams about how our fandom of this franchise has drastically altered our lives, forever changing us into supernatural beings infused with the dark energies of the pit that we ourselves have dug. This is Screams from the Pit! Uh, Clues. My scream has to do with vascularity. (laughs) (laughs) okay so you know when we're evaluating especially for bachelorette people's instagrams we've had just a little inside joke between us where we're like how vascular or muscular the player is in their photos are the veins popping in terms of their bodybuilderness i was watching (laughs) the vikings football game heard of them they hosted michelle young she and i were in the same stadium once Mm -hmm. And she gave out a rose with the cheerleaders. That stadium is where Clay Eckerd won the title, Ultimate Viking. I mean, it's a hallowed ground. That, La Quinta, I mean, yeah. there's just certain places that really are special. I'm watching this on TV, though. I'm not there. I'm listening to the oh, sports commentators, though, my fellow sports commentators, and they start talking about this guy's vascularity they start evaluating this player's vein (laughs) and i literally was like i'm hallucinating i I wrote it down immediately i was like i have to tell clues about this i was like this vascularity discussion i was like we are sports commentators now we are 
we are literally doing what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. It was beautiful. <laughs> That's right. They have their sport. We have ours. And those two sports are the same sport. How many professional uh, football players have been in The Bachelor? So many. A bunch. Tyler Cameron. Matt James. No, it's a beautiful scream. I love that scream because it also is about how the pit is starting to swallow everything, including yeah. professional football. My scream is a little different. My scream is a very personal scream. Okay. It has nothing to do with anything I was watching. It has to do with why I was absent from last week's oh. Twibbon. I was getting a medical procedure known as a colonoscopy. Uh, for those who don't know, this is where a camera is inserted into your colon to check and see if you've got any uh, polyps or cancers or whatever growing. It's recommended that when you hit 45, you have mm -hmm. this done. It can save your life, Do et cetera, it. et cetera. For those out there, I, I didn't know this until uh, I was told this by my doctor. All colon cancer starts in polyps. Not all polyps are cancerous, but all colon cancer comes from polyps. And when they do a colonoscopy, if they find polyps, they cut them out. Luckily, I had no polyps. Mm. However, what I did have and still do have is an intense fear of and uh, anxiety around medical procedures that involve needles. And this one does involve that. You have mm. to get an IV. They pump you up with drugs. You are uh, rendered unconscious for this procedure. So I go in. And I'm laying in the little hospital thing. I put on the hospital gown. The nurse comes in. It's like, how oh, can I do anything to like help you? You know. And I'm like, look, I gotta tell you, I do very bad with needles. Fifty percent of the time, if I even see it, I'll I'll literally pass out. Yeah. So does my dad. Yeah, it's terrible. I've, I've I mean, through cancer shit, like I've had, I don't know how many needles I've had put in mm -hmm. me, and about half the time I pass out. Sometimes they don't believe me when I say it, and they're like, oh, you're just being a baby. They pull out the needle, and then I wake up on the ground with like a knot on my head from from uh, hitting it. What if you don't look at it? Uh, even just the mm -hmm. knowing about it, and it's not even the pain or anything. It's like the idea of my physical body being like compromised. And so, I don't know how to explain it really, why it grosses me out, but it does. So I tell her this and she says, uh, okay, well, I do have to put the, I'll hold off to the last possible moment, but I'm going to have to put the IV in maybe like 20 minutes before we wheel you in there. And I'm just like starting to sweat, just fucking hating it. Right. And she goes, well, you know, sometimes it can help if, if while I'm doing it, we have a conversation about oh. something that interests you. Like, what are you into? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not shitting you. I go, <laughs> I go, have you seen season 21 of The Bachelor? <laughs> See, I thought your in was going to be the plebonymist. It's Tasha. No. It was Nick. This poor woman. She's like, no, I don't watch The Bachelor. But tell me about it. What's interesting about it? And I proceed to deliver to mm -hmm. her. Oh, my God. What did you say? I just gave her like, she stayed in my little thing with me as she was putting the thing in and like pretending to give a shit about what I was talking about. It was just a 20 minute monologue about everything that happened that season and the importance of it and Rachel Lindsay and you know just oh all of it God. and uh at the end of it she was like wow you really know a lot about it and I was like yes I do thank you for listening to all of that and like staying with me through this it really actually did help so to that nurse uh whose name I never even got which I because I was too like frazzled by this whole situation uh thank you if you're listening to this which you're not but thank you nonetheless uh, I, I just thank you to the universe, to this nurse for sitting with me through that process and indulging my fucking insanity. That's so wholesome. Yeah, it was great. Um, we have a little more insanity to indulge here. As you may know, if you listen to this program from time to time, we are not the only people screaming. 
If you join us in the bottom of the pit at patreon.com slash Game of Roses, you get access to our Discord. In that Discord, you can then submit your own screen in the form of a one-minute or shorter audio format. And Dark Seeker goes through them, listens to them, presents us here with mm-hmm. the best ones. Today, we have one from someone named Kai Ken. We're going to take a listen, and then we are going to examine. Did I forget to play it last week? Yes, I did. Sorry. Oh, shit. Well, here we go. Hi, Pit. My name is Rachel, and I'm a pit dweller who balances her love for reality TV drama with other interests like Dungeons and Dragons. The group I play with is about to start a new campaign, and I was brainstorming what my new character would be with my husband. I was thinking about having my character's backstory be a missionary who is going out to spread the good word, but will not hesitate to fight some enemies when it comes to it. I jokingly started using a Southern accent, but then inspiration hit. Who is a God-fearing Southern Christian woman who is a total badass? Our 15th Bachelorette and the one who Jesus still loves, even though she had sex, Hannah Brown. She won the crown, that military TV show, and will now be immortalized as an axe-wielding paladin. My husband and I have even tossed around ideas for future D&D characters like Nick Vial and Grocery. Even when it comes to D&D, the pit always provides. Praise be, DLP. Rachel, this was an incredibly high-level scream. Thank you for it. As somebody who, not to brag, plays Dungeons and Dragons with my old high school buddies on Zoom uh, on Saturday nights from time to time. You know, my brother worked on that movie, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, the most recent one written by Goldstein and Daly? Mm -hmm. They're my sworn enemies. That's a story for another time. But thank you, Rachel, for this incredible scream. Dungeons and Dragons, I've gotten other DMs from people, by the way, about commingling Bachelor and Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, it seems to be Mm. a more common thing than you might realize. But here to know that Hannah Brown has been turned into a Dungeons and Dragons character. (laughs) I hope Hannah Brown survives whatever campaign you're doing. If you're doing the one where you have to fight Tiamat Mm -hmm. in the end, uh, let me just tell you, you're going to die. It's one of the worst written campaigns that I think Dungeons and Dragons has ever produced. But... Thank you, Rachel, for this incredible scream. She is she is probably who you would want on your team of anybody. I mean, she won Sassiest Warrior. She's got the most Instagram followers of anyone. Yeah. That's the most influence. I don't know if that helps you in Dungeons & Dragons exactly, but uh, a fantastic scream. I love when the Bachelor fandom starts to permeate through fandoms and interests of other kinds. I would rate this at a... This is probably a level two scream. Because of the role playing. I thought it was going in a different direction at first and it was going to be Maddie Prue with the whole like trying to convert people and stuff. Another good choice. Well, there you have it. That would be a good choice as well. But thank you again, Rachel, for sending in the scream. And again, everybody out there, if you want to send in your own screams, you just go to patreon.com slash Game Roses. Join us in the bottom of that pit. Fire off that one minute or shorter audio clip and we'll play them here. And that wraps up this week in Bachelor Nation. Thanks again to our guests, Reality Gaze, for coming on and talking Golden Bachelor with us in a little 90-day. Great gaze play. Great gaze play. And uh, we will be back on Friday with the recap of what is going to be, I mean, an insane women to all. Also, that's going to have the conclusion of the Hometown Rose Ceremony and the next episode of BIP. We're going to see what's going to happen with all the drama and all the love triangles and everything else that's going on. Oh, my God. 
I can't wait. Yeah. Let's go. Me either. But before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It's been 7,896 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 